welcome to the Everton Army podcast. My name is John. I'm joined by Andrew and Shane. And we're just going to react to our nil-nil draw with Crystal Palace this afternoon. Um, I would have taken a point before the game, but seeing how the game went and seeing the results around us, um, I'm a bit disappointed that we didn't get more. I think, you know, the whole basis of football is to react and have that mentality where you can dig yourself out of something if it's not going your way and, and you know... Just look at you know we've seen plenty of teams do it from you know come back come from behind or whatever the case may be to just put themselves in a position that is favourable. I feel like nil nil was favourable beforehand, but now it's not. Um, so we just didn't have the tools or the mentality to do anything about it. But anyway, let's try and break it down a little bit. So yeah, nil nil against Palace. Um, Shane, I think Palace just they had plenty of the ball. Um, they were just knocking it around with ease sometimes um and i just want to start with holgate mate because he was just disgraceful um obviously he got sent off but even before that he was just getting absolutely destroyed by ayu on that time and they targeted him every single time um and obviously we've spoken about godfrey you know recently but i think that's worse than anything godfrey's put out this season yeah um i think it was sort of uh, holy, like you could see that it was uh, one of his only performance like appearances this season. Um, yeah. his body language and stuff like that. I know we've seen before the game a lot of people were tweeting about like just the lads walking into the game, which I thought was strange, but yeah, him especially. I think there was a few things I picked up on watching it where there was a, I think there was a ball that Pickford put out, which today is distribution weren't great, but. Uh, and and he just turned round and like sort of like snarled him and then started screaming. It's just sort of like you know it's gone off for the throw and got on with it. Yeah. Um. And then like you say, just the not even um like professional fouls as you want to call them. They were stupid ones. Yeah. Um. And so, uh, which is probably probably another sign and evidence that he's not a right back. But then I don't think he fits in at all. I don't think you probably will see much of him again anyway. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, if he's like that at right-back, it's going to be a liability even more so at centre-half as well. Yeah. Um, I think as well, like, uh, you'll probably come on to it as well, what you're saying about, like, you th- it was uh, Dice's fault for not hooking him at half-time. Yeah. Um, it is. I mean, it, the way he was performing and the fact he was on a yellow and he's in a defensive position, he should have been hooked off, uh, mm-hmm. even if it was to bring Godfrey on, but yeah, uh, I think we've also got to put, you know, a lot of the honus on um on Holgate himself. It's just not, it just didn't come across as a professional performance. It, it yeah, and whether that and like again, whether it's whether it's Dice's fault for not hooking him in half time or for starting him at all, and whether he should have just went with Godfrey again. We mm-hmm. haven't got many choices or Patterson. Yeah, but yeah, it's. Didn't really expect much from him. He was one of the players that I wasn't happy or comfortable seeing starting in that eleven anyway. Yeah, it's um I was annoyed when I seen him start because I mean he's been out for I can't remember the last game he played, maybe like three months ago, whatever it was. But um yeah, he just I mean, Ayu Ayu's like he's he's getting on a little bit and he's not the best winger. I mean he's he's tricky enough, but you know, Premier League fullback should be able to handle him. He got absolutely rinsed inside, outside, beating for pace. Even, you know, 
Ayu winning a couple of headers and, and chesting it down and where Holgate's just completely missed time in the flight of the ball and as you say, mate, just stupid, stupid cards. But Andrew, you're you're gonna love this, mate. Um Sean Dyche <laughs> at half time. Every one of us could see what was about to happen with Holgate and he leaves him on and then just to rub salt in the wounds, he brings Holgate on one minute after that. I just it just baffles me. It really does. Yeah, and as the world's premier Godfrey defender, he looked like ass <laughs> against Fulham. So yeah. I totally get it. Uh, I feel like Gray called it when he probably feigned an injury, which is exactly what I would have done, but that's why I'm not a Premier League footballer um, <laughs> because he was playing so poorly. So I get the choice. Like Holgate is probably the best deputized right back mm. if Godfrey is in his head. That said, cool. Holgate is really just kind of discount Granite Jaka. He is always good for a windup. If you want to make money, you bet on him getting carded yeah. one way or another. So once he gets that first yellow, that's it. And I honestly, I again, this is going to sound biased, but I think Godfrey would have done better with IU from mm. the get-go, if not for the context of the Fulham game. I yeah. think he was better suited with his own attributes, but Holgate just cannot maintain composure. He gets agitated so quickly mm. and he's, Good for a kick out. Do you remember? I mean, the last couple seasons when he was playing semi regularly, yep. always a yellow, Easy. always a late kick out, always really snide about it too. Like he just kind of mm. carries himself, like say something, ref. And weirdly enough, they will. Yeah, definitely. So Dyche messed that up completely. After that first yellow, okay, you gave him a half. Maybe you sat Godfrey to give him some instruction, but that's the time to bring Godfrey on. Yeah. Anybody that's watched Hellgate knew that that red was just a time bomb. Yeah, I think one of the things as well yeah. that come up was was that Ayu is, if he's not the most fouled, he's one of the highest. Like he's the, one of the most fouled in the Premier League. So, you know, if he's coming off the back of a good few games as well under Hodgson, and and he's got that stat under him, like still the sort of like player like Grealish and stuff who just attract the fouls. Mm. You're playing a game and you've got Holgate, like Andrew said there, who's like a granite jacker type player who's agitated really easily, then he's going to have a field day against them. Because Ayu can be quite snad. We've seen it a few times in games against us. Um, yeah. And it's just about how they react to it. You see Tarkovsky all the time, you know, with what happens with Ayu as well, where he just laughs it off and walks away sort of thing. Like, But yeah, they, they've been looking for that anyway. Yeah, it's it, Dice actually said before the game... Um, about Holgate, we're trying to find the right blend, uh, the right mix to be effective in attack and organisation and aggression in defence. We thought he's the right player for this game. Um, so he's obviously didn't even look at them stats when it comes to Ayu or anything. He just didn't even bother. And then, I would say in attack, yeah. Holgate has this weird knack for picking up like trash goals when it's like sent into the mixer. But we had one corner... One and yep. it came in like the 68th minute or something like that. Mm -hmm. So if you're not going to get in positions where you're forcing corners, then no, he offers fuck on attack because yep. he does that hoofball thing. Mm. Yeah, he's he offers nothing in attack or defense for me. Like some of his passing today was just abysmal. Like just over hitting them or just hitting them out for a throw in, and he hasn't lost that chip on his shoulder that we thought he would when he, you know, he'd mature through age and he just hasn't lost it at all. He's still got it. He's still petulant. He's still shit. You know, he, he's still just awful. And he, he should never play again for Everton along with Mopai and a list of others. So, um, yeah. yeah. Another but, weird thing is like the beginning of the season, 
under Frank, he was doing great mm. for a couple few games. Remember that? Gray was yeah. singing his praises so much because he was so solid. He won like, I don't know, 28 clearances that one game. Yeah. Um, just absolutely insane. I think it was Chelsea, maybe. It might have been the very first game. Yeah. But he possibly. was doing incredibly well. And then he just fell off a cliff again. Yeah, definitely. Um, but again, you know, just talking about Dice, like he's he's clear he's watching Keane get chance after chance after chance. And, you know, we've seen the results of that. Where, okay, you can say he has a good game, but everything around him and the stuff that he affects, the results aren't going our way. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Um and then Holgate again, another chance with another different manager. You know, what's Cody and Mina got to do? Andrew, we spoke about it plenty of times, but I'm starting to really dislike the way Dice is being so stubborn with these things and just, you know, it's my way or the highway kind of thing. And it's sending us down. It really is. Yeah. Mina is inexcusable for me after January. And we I've said it a million times, but after January, when we did not sell him, mm. he should be playing. He should absolutely be playing because he is the most talented player in that back line across the board. He is fragile, but who gives a shit if he's going for nothing? Yep. There's no reason not to use him. And he does offer things on offense. If McNeil can get his corners and crosses dialed in, mm. Mina can get on the end of them very, very well. He would have been a great option. I mean, don't play him as striker, but he would have been a great option at set pieces mm. to maybe knock some in that we yep. can desperately, desperately use. Yep. Cody... I'm torn on because he was having some absolute shockers um, when Dice first came in. Um, he started okay. It was like one or two games, but then there was three on the bounce that he was really, really, he was just, away, notably. He was just scouse keen. So <laughs> that was bad, but I feel like the play there would have been to sit him to get his head right because he is a veteran. He mm. does keep his head generally. I think he just needed a rest yeah. um, to get his head straight, but I think he's frozen out uh, because Keen played for Dice five years ago. Yeah. Sure. It's like Rondon and Rafa. Like there's no reason for that selection to keep, keep, keep being justified. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about, you know, certain plays and certain things on managers to, it's just disgusting. It really is. And he's just being too stubborn. But um, I just want to touch on James Garner. Cause again, I felt like he was a bright spark, just like he was against Fulham. Um, he found it difficult because I think the physicality is it catches off guard sometimes. I don't think he's physical enough, but his his you know his attributes on the ball are really quite nice. You see him trying to play a couple of balls over the top towards Calvert Lewin. Um, I just slightly overhit a couple of times, but you know they were the right idea and they were they sent a bit of panic into the backline of the Palace defence sometimes. Shane, what did you think of uh, Garner in the midfield, mate? Yeah, he's, it's refreshing over what we've been watching to have him back in there. And, and uh, he's one of those players that are nice on the eye, like you say, with those long balls and the passes that he can offer. Yeah. Um, I thought sometimes today it looked like he was he was chasing back maybe because he was pushing forward. Um, but I think that was the case with a lot of our players in transition again. Yeah. Uh, playing so far forward. Um, and I think... If he plays with someone who's a lot more solid as a six or somebody as a holding midfielder um, next to him or behind him, I think you'd probably see, you know, more more of his game come out of him. Um, yeah. I think there was, there was one near the end there with uh, Gay again getting muddled with his own feet and gives the ball away, but luckily be the won the ball back. But um, yeah, that, he's one of the players that are promising and that you can say that 
you'd look forward to him being in that eleven. Yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, it's um, just the same. Everyone else is shit around him, as you just said there. But he's a he's a bright spark. He's positive, and he's still young as well. So looking forward to seeing more of him. Um, it will be. We we've seen well, we I've been screaming at Wobie to take more shots and and he was a bit better today. He was taking a couple of shots. Um, he seems to be playing more centrally, which is what we've been crying out for, Andrew. You know, he, he seemed to be. I think he's been told to try and stick as close as to Calvert Lewin as possible today. Um, you know, he was chasing things down. He was he was trying to make things happen. He wasn't that creative, I suppose, when it came to through balls and passes and things. But he had a couple of nice little shots. Um. He had one where I think it was, um, it was a deep free a deep free kick for us, and then Palace just dealt with it, and it came out to him on the edge of the box, and he, he struck a really nice effort with a bit of power and ferocity, and it was a good save in the end. But that was a really nice shot. He needs to do that more, I think. Yeah, I think he just needs to have the confidence in himself to take those shots. Um, I think Shane, it might have been you that said he generally doesn't catch it clean. Yeah. When he shoots, uh, he kind of scuffs more often than not. But this one was really nice. A lot of velocity, bouncing. Um, would have possibly hit the woodwork had that had he not gotten a hand on it. But mm-hmm. really great to see that option and go for it. Yeah, uh, We need anybody with a boot on him to just do that. There's a point where now it's just the spitball theory. Like, shoot enough, eventually something will stick. Yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, just literally try and throw the kitchen sink at it. Um, he had a couple of shots. Calvert Lewin was, I thought he was brilliant. He, it's his first game back in a while, um, and mm-hmm. I thought he was tremendous. He, his hold up play was really, really nice, um, and he was creating his own shot every now and again as well. You've he, he seen him where he would just nod it down and get like a nice little one two and then just drive a shot low. Um, so I thought he was, and obviously in the 61st minute, I thought he turned into Dennis Bergkamp, Shane. He, this little turn that he'd done in the box, incredible bit of skill, and he was unlucky not to get it on target, but that was just, that. that's exactly what Mowbray can't do, isn't it? Yeah, and it's everything that caters towards the way Dice plays, and I think you could, you could see that with the sort of game plan that they were, he'd set out with with the long balls and stuff like that, um, and that I think it was from that chance where the ball gets played up, and he just, he doesn't even jump for the header, he just sort of like side foot into the centre-half, and then the centre half forced to weather the ball, and then that's when the, the I think it was a Wobie picked her off and plays it through to him. Yeah, um, we know what he can do, and we've been waiting for him to come back to do it. Um, something that I, I haven't hasn't like stuck out to me that he, he's done before, like you say, is like where you where a couple of times today you found him out wide. Yeah, with that uh, with the distribution from Pickford, and then he's. You know, he's either trapping the ball or he's heading it on for someone else to get himself into space. So it seems like he, he's a lot more aware. Um, I think one of the things with him as well, which was annoying me, was the referee. I think mm. he was giving far too many fouls against him. That was just silly. I think there was there was one where he was he was running back and he, he just slightly tugs on the player's shirt and he just throws himself to the floor. Yeah. Uh, and when the referee gives him, gives him the yellow card, he starts pointing around the pitch to the four other fouls he's committed. But yeah. I thought he was quite harsh on him. But they say he's good. He's got the minutes in that he did. He looked good doing it. Yeah. Um. And he he wasn't he, he didn't just coast in the game. It, he looked like he was trying to put himself across the players and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and getting stuck in. So hopefully 
you know, he stays fit and that he's keeping him out for so long and the the physios and stuff, they were right to do so if he, if he does stay fit to the end of the season because God knows we're, we're going to need him. Yeah, definitely, mate. It was good to see him get 90 minutes. I think he was indicating that he maybe had cramp or something at the end there, but it was good to see him get them uh, minutes. And as you say, mate, he put a shift in. He certainly did. Um, and I, I think Palace just... I think they were lacking. I think they'd be disappointed not to win the game, to be honest, because mm. I think both teams were there for the taking. It's just that they were toothless today as, as much as we were, you know what I mean? And um, Andrew... I'm just going to rinse another defender here. Mikhalenko, again, just we've said it time and time again. As bad as Holgate was, Mikhalenko was equally as bad. All right, he didn't get sent off, but he was he was pretty shit. Um, there was a nice little moment in the first half, but when I say nice, he, he, he could have had so much potential to start off a nice little attack. He reads the, the ball, the interception, and he has a nice first touch to play it like down the line, and he's running onto it. And then the second first touch is giving the ball away. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? Why have you just wasted that nice chance? We were on the counter-attack. They had plenty of bodies forward. He's just stupid, isn't he? And I think he was lucky enough to give a penalty away, actually, in the first half, Andrew. Yeah, for sure. I think Mikolenko, the closer he gets to the halfway line, the more performance anxiety he gets. Yeah. Uh, it just He really, really struggles when not in a pure defensive mode. And even then... Yeah not spectacular. Um, the days of us praying for Amico Valley are long gone. <laughs> yeah, they are dead and buried, I'm afraid, unless he pulls one, another one out the bag against Leicester in a couple of weeks, but I uh, can't see it. Um, yeah, just just a really disappointing... At half-time, you see, I was thinking, do you know what? It's not too bad. We've had seven shots. They've had four. As much as Mikhalenko and Holgate have been rinsed, we've actually limited them to their chances. Um they had the offside goal in the first in the second half as well. And again, Shane, you know, we spoke about that high line, mate, and and Paul said it previously on the pod as well. That ball over the top causing loads of issues again, like we saw at Old Trafford and against Fulham and as a picks it off and the lobs Pickford and it's clearly offside like but the warning signs were there again. Yeah, and what one of the other things that I sort of picked up on as well was like how narrow we were. Uh, yeah, you know when we didn't have the ball, which caused it to be like that. You know, any of the the midfielders uh, from Palace, like they they could just spray that ball across to Elise or um Auto Ayu, which you know the one of the ones I think it was um with Holgate, he just yeah. completely misjudges the the ball and it goes behind him and then he's struggling to get back into position then mm. uh, and then Michalenko as well I think I think with Michalenko and whoever plays right back if it's not Coleman you need that security of of being you know deeper than what we are and then yep. progression from there because otherwise it's no one in that back line apart from if Godfrey plays has got the pace to make up for that space yep. that if you know, Elise or Eze or not not so much Ayu, but you know, if Zaha or someone or like mm-hmm. United with Rashford and stuff like that, if they if that ball gets played across and they just even half a yard past that defender, then it's too late already. Yeah. And then you you you're playing clean up then. Um we and it happened on quite a few occasions. Um so yeah, it, you you're panicking about it when you're seeing the stuff like that. It's obviously a game plan from Dice. 
Um, whether it's the pressure and stuff like that, I think one of the bigger problems that Palace caused us was the pressure that they were putting us under. Yeah. The man to man pressure. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's it, it it causes problems and it's it's consistently now. Yeah. Talk just that man to man pressure that you're on about there, it's something I noticed as well. Like they, they just seem to be a lot hungrier. So every time one of our guys, especially Damari Gray, because he just got absolutely drowned out the game. Um as soon as he got the ball, there was three players on him every single time. And Andrew, I don't know, Damari Gray for me I mean, we've have to play him because we've literally got no one else, but if we had backups, I'd be saying give him a rest because he, he looks done out there. Like, Yeah, that stylistic matchup was really bad for him. If you want to like neutralize Gray, stay in his face. He doesn't yeah. like it. Mm. He forces bad decisions. Mm. Uh, it was like him and Gordon at the same time. They both had the same kind of thing going on Yeah, where they take it all themselves. They don't look up. They don't see anyone else as an option. Yeah, And that was a very well done game plan by Hodgson to neutralize one of our only sporadic attacking threats. Yeah. Definitely. Um I it's I don't know, it's almost like Godfrey where he's got these attributes. He's really quick on the counter. He's got a rocket of a right foot, mm. but he just really doesn't have the awareness or the decision making quality that's needed to be, you know, a mid table Premier League starter. Yeah. No, I agree, mate. I agree. But um yeah, just it's just coming back to biters. Like we we've seen results not go our way today there. You know, um Forrest, although they got beat, they were given you know, given Liverpool a tough time. They scored two goals at Anfield and Leicester beat Wolves and um, you know, other teams around us have got things they can do, they've got options, they they can shoot and I, I'm just really worried now. We're obviously dropped into the bottom three, and and again, you know, they're taking a point before the game, but having seen, you know, halfway through the game, the results not go our way. I'd have been trying to push even more to get those three points because now we look bang in trouble. You know, we've got Newcastle away and Leicester away, two away games on the bounce there, and Shane, I can't see us getting anything from those games, mate. I'll be honest. No. Um... You try and be optimistic, and I think we were before the Fulham and Palace game. But then, with the way the results have gone, yeah, um, you know, apart from Calvert Lewin being back and possibly Onana to Corre and Coleman being back, maybe for Thursday, mm. um, it's you know we we I seen a, a picture on Twitter before of a of a flag that was held up in the away end today of fight like the fans. I think it said. Yeah. And like you said there, where Palace looked like they had more fight, um, and the way they were playing with like a freedom, uh, is the most worrying thing. Um, yeah, it's it's sort of though, as though that even at this late in the season and the position that we're in, that the players don't realise how bad it is. Yeah, um, that's a good show. Yeah. And we, we were not going to be able to do what we done last season. They, I think they were mitigated circumstances that would probably only work the one time. I know yeah. that people are calling for it again. Mm. Uh, but essentially it comes down to, you know, these few things that Dice is doing. Yeah. And then the players themselves just going out and actually, you know, giving it 110% because 99% of the time 
now, especially we've only got the eleven that are on the pitch because we've literally got nothing to turn to on the bench. And if yep. we, if it is just for tiredness, that's fine. You've got Davis to bring on and, and as such. But otherwise, if we're losing or drawing a game like today, Dice can't really turn to the bench and look at Mopai thinking he's going to come on and score. No. It's it's it is what it is. Um, and apart from you know Sims get getting us the draw uh, against Chelsea. Um, yep. Yeah, it's everything just sort of stacks against us. Like like it did today with it, even before the game, you know, like I, I was saying to you about it, like the club don't deserve the fans because I think it's I think it's twenty six away games we've had two wins on the road, which yeah. is you know, the the stats keep mounting up and they keep getting worse. And yeah. some people don't like don't like to look into stats, but then it, it's it, it can only go so long before those don't catch up with you and bite you on the you know on on the arse basically. Yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, I think I think we're smack bang in trouble. Um, as you say, I just don't think we've got it in us to do that again this season. Um, and I don't know work. if it was a question of effort necessarily. Mm. I think it was a question of ability. Well, like, that's, that's Alice are not quite dragged back into it at this point in time anymore. Yeah, I think they're going to be fine. They're nearly like flip-flop stage mm. thinking about Dubai, but <laughs> they are so much better on the ball than we are, which describes 19 other premier league clubs, but <laughs> they're so much better on the ball than we are yeah. that their version of doing average looks like they want it more than we do. We are just not able to execute. No, just the yeah. of, of tasks, but I think that's what that's even worse for me, Andrew. Like, I feel like I'd rather have the talent that are just, being lazy because you can try and get a bit out of them that way. Do you know what I mean? Because they've got the talent to make something happen, but now we've gotten zero talent and they're running all day. They're trying to run through brick walls and we're not getting anywhere. So I just feel like it's time. Like there's just not enough there to get us over the line this time around. Um, but that's always been like the case for us the past few seasons is what us, and, us as fans and pundits and stuff have said is that on paper, this team shouldn't be where it is. Uh, yeah. and the commentators were saying it today as well. Um, mm. And then, like, last season, when you looked at it, one of the things that we, well, majority of us were saying was that, you know, if, if you look at one thing that'll keep us up is that our squad's better than, or the starting eleven at least is better than a lot of the other teams, whereas now we, like where you just said there, with the ability or even the effort, I don't think that it doesn't seem to come through that we've got either of them. Yeah. Um, and that, that like sort of segues into the fact that you know if we do go down or if there's players to leave, there's a very select few that have got sell on value, and those yep. are the players that have probably got the most talent. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them being a goalkeeper. So, yeah. like I say, it's just the the reasons and the 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 stuff goes against us. I think every time you look at it, even if you think. You know, we we say we try and speak positively about everything when we come on here and stuff like that. But every every corner you turn, it sort of leads to us being realistic about it, and that's what you say. That's where it worries you. It it's worrying as well. How I, I was so confident before the Fulham game that we'd stay up. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think maybe you or a few other people said like, you know, going to this Fulham game, we beat them. Mm. Palace were on a bad run at the time. Obviously, since Hodgins come in, they they've been good. Yeah. Um. But after two two three games, like it's just switched on its head, and now it's like that. No, this is like crunch time now. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, we haven't won a game since we beat Brentford on the 11th of March, which is, it feels like a long time ago. Um, you know, other teams are picking up wins and, and they've got something about them. Um, as I say, we've got Newcastle next at home, Leicester away and Brighton away, and then Man City at home. So looking pretty bleak for me, but I'm just hoping and praying that Dice has got more in him than what he showed today because I wasn't impressed today by any means. Um, just silly, silly things from him, just being incredibly stubborn. Um, but yeah, we'll touch on, we'll we'll move on then and, and talk about that um, letter from uh, Bill Kenwright because... He clapped back at the fans, Andrew, in, in fantastic fashion. Um, <laughs> you know, it's very egotistical and, and you know, he's just so full of himself and, and the attitude of him in, in, the, in the letter to come across was just very obnoxious. But, he, you know, he touches on his, his health, first of all, in, in a very sarcastic way. I feel like he was like, yeah, thanks for inquiring about my health, but here's a big two fingers to you, you know what I mean? That, that kind of reply. And, um, and then he goes on about... Um, the removal of the board and how that affects the players and the manager. And he says, do you think Frank, you know, would have rubbed his hands with Glee last year or would he rush to the director's box and, you know, to acknowledge where his biggest support had come from? But that's the problem, isn't it, Andrew? Because that's why Frank got the job and ultimately why Sean Dice has got the job now, I feel. Yeah, a couple things. Uh, firstly, the only thing I will say in fairness to Ken Wright is that's pretty fucked up to go after a guy for his health yeah he's a yeah. bad chairman because he's a bad chairman not because yeah. he's ailing he makes yeah. poor decisions at the best of health mm-hmm. so there is no reason to bring a man's like actual disease or whatever his situation is into no. it that's messed no, up definitely Agreed. beyond that wasn't really a clap back uh he stood up too fast and his ass cheeks rejoined and that's what you heard <laughs> um but uh no he's a malignant narcissist um and we can smell our own uh he just (laughs) yeah he thinks it's all about him he thinks he's the only possible option to get something done he's like the damari gray of board members Mm. it's incredible like how conceited he is and the frank coming up to celebrate with him he called him over there's a clip of that yeah he beckons him it wasn't just frank being a company man which i do believe he is yeah and so is dice because dice the only one's like don't spend any money i got you and Mm. they're like fuck yes please yeah but the things that he says in there like if we're gone i I guess all right this is the second thing i will say that is probably technically true depending on your definition he says all right if the board's out do things immediately get better no that's that's a fair statement. No, it does not, especially on the pitch. There is mm-hmm. way too much crap to undo. Yeah. But if the board gets out and you you have a chance, you have mm-hmm. a shred of hope to get competent decision makers in those positions. Yeah. People who know football, people who know scouting, people who know finances, people who know how to sell investors. And Ken Wright only knows how to do those things in service of his own ego yeah. and continued salary. Yeah, definitely. And the timing of that could not have been worse. Mm -hmm. Again, between the billboard and that, literally, it is a billboard. Um, (laughs) Between the sign on the outside and this letter, he just can't. Not it's like that Liverpool meme, like the the drawn figure that says, "You get in there and you make it about you." Yeah, you know that one. That's Mm -hmm. him. Definitely. 
big time yeah hit the nail on the head there it's just you know the attention is on him and you know what we probably shouldn't even mention it on the podcast and just say you know what he doesn't deserve or attention anymore but we have to talk about it um what got me was when he was like inevitably your day will come and i was like what the fuck is that some kind of threat what are you trying to where does that come from like and you know he's it's just just a horrible horrible um statement from him uh shane he's you know i could go on like i just i just hate the guy and as andrew said you know you can't go on like about his health and stuff but talk he says like he's not the chairman and then he's saying like well i work tires tirelessly and i would like a week off so what the fuck does he do for 900 grand a year because if he's not the chairman what's he doing like do you know what i mean he's just he's just talking shit but so you say it's just typical bill uh, i think he's trying to you know first of all starting the letter off with the stuff about his health is trying to steer away what's in the rest of the letter yeah um and then like you say with him saying that he's not like in charge of the club is uh, mm. um half pushing the blame onto everybody else for everything that's gone wrong yeah um even though you know even transfers and stuff like that we know that he sticks his nose in through them and stuff but you know it's sort sort of um backs up what you were saying about like uh, about the uh, the Kenwright board going back up onto the grounds just before the game uh, you know there was people coming back saying you know there could be stuff where they've ordered the board and it's not come back like the order takes that long to come and it's gone up when it's come yeah um <laughs> the fact that that's before the game and then this letter's before the game and there's been other stuff as well uh, and mm-hmm. you know like us Everton fans like to joke about that if there's a bad result or if something's gone wrong there's always stadium news the day after as well there's no yeah. there's no coincidence with any of this stuff um and yeah it, it, it's it's sort of the situation where you think you know you, you hate them so much and you want them out so much and that if yeah. this letter comes out before you read it you think what could be in here that we don't already know or that we don't think yeah. he's not gonna say Mm. And then you read it and you're like, like you just said with that, saying your day will come. What? what? <laughs> that you leave or whatever and then we get new investors or new board members and yeah, it might yeah. not fix itself straight away, but then that's you admitting that at some point it will. Yeah, without so, him. Yeah. yeah. If so anything, it just proved that he's not leaving until you know, something bad happens. Like, And obviously we don't want it to get to that point. We're trying to, you know... <laughs> see better days for i mean surely to god the stress can't be doing him any good and again andrew we're not to go on about his health but that kind of is what he's hinting at he's saying i'm not going anywhere like this is this is my house who do you think you are kind of thing and and then he talks about loyalty and saying putting grand tingles and sharpie on banners and stuff and you know talking about loyalty from the same people again you know accused as of putting the ceo in a headlock and stuff like that it's just he just wants the violins all the time, and unfortunately, there's no violins left for him. It's just, it's just shocking. Like this whole statement, and I'm just sick to death of like this whole uh, back and forth with the board now, and constant battling every single week with them. And you know, it's just, it's awful. They just need to go now. And yeah, I don't know, Andrew. Do you, can you spot anything else in there that, apart from obviously the whole thing making you angry? Is there anything in particular that you just? <laughs> No, it's more. like the first Avengers movie. I'm always angry. I'm an Evertonian. Um, <laughs> but yeah. the your day will come just to me was less of a threat. Like you'll get <laughs> yours. I think it was more of a trust the process. 
kind of mm-hmm. thing. And again, just a in a cosmic lack of self-awareness yep. or just statistics results. We've only gotten worse yes. since he found Mishiri for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just, the man is not right for the job. So many people in this organization are not right for the job. Yeah. And it started with him. Mm-hmm. Like really the root cause was Ken Wright. Yeah. He talks about, you know, finding an investor and stuff. And he says, obviously, it, it's kind of like he wants praise for finding Mashiri. Like he's saying, you know, I did make it happen and stuff, even though you all said it wouldn't. It's coming from the guy who fumbled the bag, which Sheikman saw. You know what I mean? We we could have had them. And obviously we know Maybe. Mashiri got picked because he's, you know, Bill's Bill's favorite guy and he'd stay on the board and stuff. But again, it's just, as you say, mate, just a complete lack of awareness. Um, yeah. If I had a that... time machine, there's like three choices, I guess I could make. In Everton, yep. Everton history is pay the rent. Yep. In the early 1900s, yep. that probably fixes everything. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, banning Liverpool fans uh, yep. from the mid 80s, so that we get into Europe. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ken Wright doesn't sell to Mashiri. Yeah, that's it, mate. Just just destroy destroy this. He's just yeah, Shane. I don't know what to say anymore about to make them sick to death of hearing from him. Honestly, I am. Yeah, I think the thing I was going to say then was that, like, the thing that worries me now is that if we go down, he's got the ego to think that he can bring us back up and then that's something else to be celebrated. Yeah. And if they've been so stubborn to this point, uh, you know, even with the rumours or... The you know Alan Myers come out and said there's more than rumors about us getting you know investments that yeah he has got that ego where if we go down he'll you know whether it works out or not and we were to come back up in this you know hypothetical situation yeah. that he's got the ego like I say that he'd think he'd think he could do it and then he'd want to be celebrated for it. Yeah, like you say, with like like he wants to be celebrated for finding Machiri. Yeah, fine. If Machiri would have come in, and stuff would have been dealt with right, and the money that he's put in, or mm. half a billion quid, yeah, and we'd have spent it in the right places, and we'd have been in a place even further ahead than what Newcastle are now after just one season. Then yeah, fine. However bad of a person or whatever you're doing there, if the club's in the right place, then whatever. But yeah, he's not. So, like you say. With playing the violins and stuff, it's it's far too late for that. Yeah. Um, and like I say, where do you think that nothing could get said or happen that wouldn't be worse than what they've already done? They just never cease to amaze us. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, and again, you know, you said the chairman doesn't run the football club, the CEO does. But again, if you look at Denise compared to other CEOs in the Premier League, what makes her suitable for that job compared to the rest? Like you look at their CVs and and her CV, all she's really got is everything in the community, and it's it's just baffling. And he thinks everything's going well. He says, you know, we will succeed. Well, when? Like, because you haven't showed any evidence. Succeeding to us is not challenging for titles, even though that would be nice. It's just being competent. You know what I mean? And just pushing for Europe and giving us some form of enjoyment. Like, obviously, we'd love to challenge the titles, but. Fucking hell, I'd, t- I'd just take mid-table right now, I really would, because he's taking the piss, saying we're succeeding. Um, well, just being competitive, you look at the table yeah. now, 
uh, you know, the, the stats that we said about away games. I mean, we've won six games all season and we're yeah. in the position we're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was just sat there looking at the table before and then you scroll up and then you, like, me not realising that, like, you know, Arsenal have won, like, 28 games. And I'm yeah. just sitting there thinking, what does that feel like to just... <laughs> for a draw to feel like a... You know, for a draw to feel like a loss sort of thing at that, yeah. at that point. Or even mid-table when you go down towards, like, Brighton and stuff like that. Like, it's... Mm. It, you know, we, we, we spoke about as well, like, last season, like, mentally what it's done to the fans. I think it's just now ingrained in, into everyone to expect these things as well. Yeah, definitely, mate, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just awful, incredibly awful. Like the awareness of them is just shocking. Um, but you know what makes me sad is the way they were going through Alan Myers with it because everyone knows, or the clubs knows, that the fans trust Alan Myers. He's like our go-to guy when it comes to communication, even though he's not there officially. Um, but still, you know, they go through him to put this shit out. Like it's unfair on him, if you ask me. You know what I mean? So. Um, especially yeah. after him taking like a break off Twitter for the stuff he got, you know, exactly, mate. Yeah, uh, like Jeff Paul. Um, yeah, and like you say, with, with, with the stuff with like Denise and stuff saying she's CEO, like there's no clarity in what each of these people are doing. Mm. Um, you know, I think the most standout thing that she's done or that I know of is by saying that I will never have a betting sponsor, but then we get one because it's more money, which you're like, okay, well, if it's more money, then you can sort of take that on the chin but then it yeah. was like two million more than kazoo which you know is nothing yeah. and then now anyway it's getting banned in the next few seasons so apart from like having in the community like you say which is always not as a as a thing itself but just the club being good with the community and the stuff they do around that then yeah there's no clarity in what they each do yeah pretty much me yeah um it just makes me laugh like he's just got himself into this war with the fans and it's it's become incredibly bitchy it really has like just throwing jibes at each other now um but again you know you accuse the fans of you know putting a ceo in a headlock uh you spread that around the whole media and everyone was saying what thugs we were um you know he threw us under the bus and now you want to take the moral high ground when it comes to stuff like this so it just just go like it's a, it's at that point now where the bridge is gone and i said it weeks ago it's gone but there is no coming back from this um and it's just making us look silly like it's it's become like some petty teenage feud like it really is like sending letters and texts to each other like this it's it's pathetic it really is so um like i'm afraid of this just like i was last season yeah where if we stay up mm. it's just going to justify all their choices yeah it will. They're just going to be like, yeah, we were right not to spend any money. We were right to hire Sean Dyche. Yeah. Look how good of a job we did in the worst circumstance. Like, no, you put us in those terrible circumstances. This mm-hmm. is on you. Yeah. You do not get to take this as a teachable moment about your own greatness. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen if we stay up. And that's why I almost want us to go down mm. just to like let Mashiri know that you have fucked around and now you will actually find out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's about to happen. It really is. Um yeah, what a mess. What an absolute mess. But yeah, on to, uh, on to Newcastle next. Um, yeah, Andrew, Shane, thank you for joining me and uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Right, lads. 
I just want to bend your ear for a wee second here. Do you remember a certain Turkish centre forward that played for Everton? Remember the training photos through the week you would see and it was just like hair and scalp and people used to be like, Jesus, look at that. Well, they see your three-pronged attack. See if you don't look after it. That's basically what it looks like. Not very nice. <laughs> but um, that's why over at Manscaped, we have the performance package. Now, guys, this is the real deal. I'm not even joking. This thing just can get in everywhere. It really, really can. And it does not leave chafing. Have you ever messed about and used hair removal cream or you've used a premium razor thinking this will be great? And then it feels like you get sandpaper on the inside of your thighs and elsewhere for the rest of the week. Well, this thing eliminates that. I'm not even joking. It feels so smooth after the cut and even on the grow back, it does not wreck you. Um, I've also got the Crop Reviver, which can give your balls basically a fantastic boost. And as you walk around all day, it's it feels great. That's the best way to put it. Um, also, the Crop Preserver straight after a cut. And I tell you, it just feels good, settles everything down and just gives you that musky man smell. You know, so you can just feel confident beating around all day with your nice shaven Tommy Gravis and Lee Carsley combo. So guys, if you order from Manscaped, you can use our code EAW20 and you can get 20% off your order and free postage worldwide. So please, once again, listen in if you'd like to support the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Evan Army podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with all your blue friends and family. And don't forget to rate, subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us out as we build this thing up. You can also catch us on Twitter by searching for at EAW Podcast. And if you have anything else you'd like to discuss with us, you can reach us via email at eawpodcast at gmail.com.